Coming to you from Silver Spring, Maryland, welcome to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation on life principles, contemporary issues, and thought-provoking perspectives. Now here's your host, Justin Kim, with Inverse. Leadership is not always about using power, but sometimes it's about yielding power. Find out more on this episode of Inverse. Hey, it's Justin from Inverse, and we've got a whole series of topics prepared just for you, pertinent for young adults. And we want you to get even more involved in our Bible study. So we prepared a Bible study guide called the Inverse Bible Study Guide. And you can access it by going to inversebible.org. From there, you can see all of our topics and study guides and materials and blogs and whatnot. And study the Bible and join our conversation here on Inverse. Hey, welcome, friends. We are on the topic of Nehemiah and biblical leadership, and we are smack in the middle of the book of Nehemiah in chapter 5. And maybe you're wondering, there's 13 chapters. How are we in the middle? We'll find out as we read this, uh, this <laughs> chapter how this works out in the structure of Nehemiah. So, Jonathan, uh, you're going to read chapter 5 for us, but before we read the Bible, we're going to ask prayer from Siku. Okay, let's pray. Loving Father, we're thankful that you have led us thus far in our study of the book of Nehemiah, and we pray that the things we have learned are transforming our lives and will continue to do so so that we can be more effective leaders and leading people to Jesus. Mm -hmm. And we pray that our study today would do likewise. We pray these things in your name. Amen. 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 Kelly, can you give us a kind of a, a jump start into this and just kind of fly over really briefly of where we've, what we've covered thus far? So there's a city that needs a wall. Okay. <laughs> Nehemiah's like, I'm going to do that. Really high up there. He <laughs> <laughs> said go high. <laughs> so Nehemiah comes. Yes. Really hard things happen. Yes. Then there's the wall building. Yes. And now we're here. Amen. Here yeah. we go. Hey, that's, 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 you've caught us up. That's yes. good. That's good. Nailed it. Um, let's go to Nehemiah <laughs> chapter 5 verse 1. And um, this kind of takes a different turn. So chapter 4 is a heavy chapter. Yeah. I mean, a lot of stuff's going on. And then chapter 5, this may not necessarily be chronological. It may be happening simultaneously, but topically it's a different uh, train of, 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 what's thought. that? A train of thought going on. Yeah, a different trial. So chapter 5, verse 1. Jonathan, please. And there was a great outcry of the people and their wives against their Jewish brethren. For there were those who said, We, our sons and our daughters, are many. Therefore let us get grain that we may eat and live. There were also some who said, We have mortgaged our lands and vineyards and houses that we might buy grain because of the famine. There were also those who said, We have borrowed money for the king's tax on our lands and vineyards. Yet now our flesh is as the flesh of our brethren, our children as their, ch as their children. And indeed we are forcing our sons and our daughters to be slaves and some of our daughters have been brought into the slavery. It is not in our power to redeem them for other men have our lands and vineyards. All right, stop there. Siku, can you paraphrase what's going on that? What's the, what's the problem that's presented? The problem is that within the Jewish society, there mm -hmm. are people who are, there's the haves and the have-nots, mm -hmm. and the haves are taking advantage of the have-nots mm -hmm. and the have, the, the, this, this gap, I guess, this economic, socioeconomic gap is growing mm -hmm. and becoming worse and worse and worse because mm -hmm. the less that you have, the more that you need, and the more that the haves... Those who do have exploit your need. And so it's just this cycle of, and they get to the point where they're like, you know, 
if we we have nothing else to give in order mm -hmm. to get what we need in order to live, just mm -hmm. to live. So we have an Occupy Wall Street scenario like going on <laughs> here. And uh, first four, they're borrowing money and they can't pay some of the money they borrowed off of. And they're yeah. sending even their children into slavery. Mm -hmm. So there's even slavery going on within the Jewish people amongst themselves. Yeah, I mean, this Jonathan. is... A this whole situation is an age-old problem. It's as old as humanity. And mm. so this is nothing new within society. This happens all the time. It's very much happening today in different shapes and forms. But why this is an issue here is because, as you said, this is the Jewish society, and mm -hmm. they're supposed to have a little bit of a little different setup. Mm -hmm. In fact, God um, told very clearly in, you know, to Moses and the people of Israel that this is not the way it is supposed to right. be. Mm -hmm. There's supposed to be freedom. There's supposed to be support for those who are weak, for those who are uh, suffering, those who don't have enough. Even the strangers within your gates are supposed to gain a blessing from the wealth of the land. And this is clearly not being played out right but, now. Yeah, they're not supposed to be charging. You know, this, they're charging like exorbitant taxes on the borrowed money. Yeah. So not just that. Interest rates are super high. Yeah, yeah. and they're not supposed APR, to be doing that. Credit God cards, thirty-two percent. Right. Credit cards pay up. Credit cards. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Lending sharks. Yeah. <laughs> and and to and and more student loans. Student loans. <laughs> yes. All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Moreover, um, within Jewish society, God had even set up a system so that every seven years and then every fifty years there was there was there was system set in place so that it would equalize society again so yes, yes you have economic year, yes. yes you have economic disparities but god set things in place so that among his people there would be times i guess when when you have a chance if you're really failing to to mm -hmm. make it that you can start again yeah you know and for them to get to this point they must have been neglecting yeah. God's system. So the problem has been set up already that this is not an external thing going on. These are internal dynamics. So mm -hmm. uh, as a leader, most likely these things were going on simultaneously. Mm -hmm. so, so Nehemiah's got to deal with the externalities. And then on top of that, mm -hmm. he's got issues happening on the inside. Question, what's worse, the outside or the inside? Hmm. Mm, well, inside. that's a good question. Oh, it's the inside. inside. I think the inside yeah. is yeah. inside. Yeah. Because w when we have the outside pressures, you still have your people with you mm. who are in the same pot as you. Mm. But now you have suddenly those people turning against you in a way. So, mm -hmm. yeah. position of, 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 of leadership is a very lonely one in a certain sense. Yeah. Let's go to verse 6 and see Nehemiah's reaction in <laughs> Cali. Can you read from verse 6 onwards? And I became very angry. When I heard their outcry in these words. They're very lonely indeed. Yes. yes. <laughs> Verse 7. After serious thought, I rebuked the nobles and rulers and said to them, Each of you is exacting usury from his brother. So I called a great assembly against them. And I said to them, According to our ability, we have redeemed our Jewish brethren who were sold to the nations. Now indeed, will you even sell your brethren? Or should they be sold to us? Then they were silenced and found nothing to say. Then I said, What you are doing is not good. Should you not walk in the fear of our God because of the reproach of the nations, our enemies? I also, with my brethren and my servants, am lending them money and grain. Please let us stop this usury. Restore now to them, even this day, their lands, their vineyards, their olive groves, and their houses, also a hundredth of the money and the grain, the new wine and the oil that you have charged them. So they said, We will restore it and will require nothing from them. We will do as you say. Then I called the priests and required an oath from them that they would do according to this promise. Then I shook out the fold of my garment and said, So may God shake out each man from his house and from his property who does not perform this promise. Even thus may he be shaken out and emptied. 
And all the assembly said, Amen, and praise the Lord. And the people did according to this promise. Okay, we'll stop there. And Jonathan, what's going on there in, in regular language? Well, it's a very interesting situation because Nehemiah is now faced with something he was maybe not expecting. Mm -hmm. So he, he came to build that wall. Mm -hmm. And now suddenly you have these social economical issues that he has to deal with. Mm -hmm. But the beautiful thing is he, he does deal with it. He doesn't say, hey, you know, that's not why I'm here. Mm -hmm. Talk to the Levites, talk to the priests. He takes it on and takes the leadership and deals with it in the right way. And so he, um, he calls an assembly, he calls a gathering, and he calls in those wealthy people who have been exacting those taxes and saying, listen, this is not right what you're doing, mm -hmm. and something has to change here. Mm -hmm. And he takes an oath from them. They are, they are actually willing to do it. What I, what I find beautiful about that is that Nehemiah um, here is led into, I mean, not that it wasn't spiritual before. They were building a physical wall. But now God is using Nehemiah to also bring um, not just physical restoration, but also spiritual mm -hmm. reformation mm -hmm. uh, in, into this uh, process. So Nehemiah is, is a tool in God's hand to slowly but surely restore order in Israel. And by calling this assembly and by dealing with this uh, issue head on, um, he does a wonderful job in doing that. Uh, the Lord is using him, I think, in a powerful way. Mm -hmm. I, 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 when I see in verse, where am I? In verse six, mm -hmm. um, it says Nehemiah says I became very angry, and yeah. you contrast that in verse in chapter four, where the enemies became the enemies of God's people in chapter four, verse seven, became very angry. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They were angry at what God was doing, mm -hmm. but Nehemiah's anger comes out of the fact that they're not doing what God. Had ex would expect for his people to do so. Y emotion, um, their emotion is driven by different things. Mm. But it's awesome that in verse seven of chapter five, it says after mm -hmm. after serious thought, mm -hmm. he doesn't mm -hmm. immediately act on this anger that he experiences. Yeah. Like I was very angry, yeah. but he doesn't go and lash out and be like, "Oh, y'all, I messed up." Or whatever. Yeah. He takes time apart and he he pauses, reflects thinks about how he's going to deal with the situation. It says, after serious thought, then I went and I did X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's a testament to the importance of reflection, the importance of thinking, and not acting out on our emotions. Mm -hmm. Not that, not, even when the emotions are not wrong in and of themselves, but taking the time to reflect and think about how we're going to respond. So this anger that, that he felt was based on injustice and it was based mm -hmm. on rights or wrongs being done. And he, it, it was it was the proper reaction to feel angry. Right. Mm -hmm. I, the, I think the original uh, Hebrew says that he talked to himself. Right. He spent some time. He's like, Nehemiah, is this really what you want? Yes, well, I'm very angry. And, <laughs> and he's having this discussion. Like maybe we should internal and, dialogue. thinking mm -hmm. internal dialogue. Mm -hmm. How many times do we need to talk to ourselves mm -hmm. a bit and talk to the Lord uh, a lot of bit and a lot of bit and, 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 and go through that? I okay, appreciate that. Very appreciate that. Okay, what else is going on in this oh, section? I like uh, verse 8, and it says, And I said to them, According to our ability, we have redeemed our Jewish brethren who were sold to the nations. Now, indeed, will you even sell your brethren? Now, I'm not 100% sure if he's talking here about what he did or if he's talking collectively because, of, you know, I've come back from Babylon. Mm -hmm. But he takes the lead and says, hey, listen, this is the right way. Mm -hmm. um, and we know from later on uh, that Nehemiah always was very proactive in being part of the group and, and doing what's right and, as we're going to see, yielding his authority mm -hmm. uh, so uh, or yielding some of the things that are due to him. So he's he's saying... I will uh, be proactive in the in the work here, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, and help help the situation with my own means, with mm -hmm. my own power, whatever I have. 
And so yeah, the, verse 10 uh, yeah. it says, I also with my brethren and my servants am lending yeah, money and grain. Mm-hmm. Please stop this usury. So, hey, I'm out of my own pockets yes. helping these people to get out of debt, helping them get out of their student debts and out of, the, <laughs> out of their credit cards. Hey, let's just do away with this high interest thing. Let's mm-hmm. bring it down to 0.3 APR rather than 33% for 9.9. <laughs> this is not biblical. Yeah. Amen. Yeah? Amen. <laughs> Amen. And this is, a, this, is, this is a theocratic society and not a secular society and very difficult to implement in today's capitalistic modern yeah. society. So we don't want to mix those two worlds together. Okay, Callie, you're laughing. Oh, there's, there's two there's things two. that... Mm-hmm. Two things mm-hmm. that stand out to me in this chapter. So one is kind of going back to just the very beginning of bringing up chapter five in the first place so yes. far. Yes, yes. And, you know, it's, it's something that's already in place and it was sin, but it's like this situation is bringing more sin to light. Mm. which is good in the sense of it needs to be exposed so it can be changed, but it's also bad because, like, it's there. Yeah. And so it's not, you know, as Jonathan was saying earlier, it's not just simple, like, let's build let's build the wall and restore the place. Like, no, there's some deep-seated issues we got to work it's through. Just, yes, yes. And it could have been, like, like Nehemiah could have ignored it or it could have been, like, this is too much. I'm going back to being a cupbearer. Like, yeah. I can't mm-hmm. handle all this. But a lot of times when we, when we want to make a lasting progress, mm-hmm. we have to address the deep issues mm-hmm. and not just build the wall, mm-hmm. not just do the part that we came to do, mm-hmm. but to go through the painful part because even his reaction shows this was even more painful than being mocked by other nations mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because it's close to home mm-hmm. but we have to deal with that and think- Nehemiah is going through a lot of junk here and I like what Callie was saying that he could have gone and been a cupbearer at any moment mm-hmm. I mean there's a lot of Christological uh, message here when we come back out of the break we're going to look at what does Nehemiah do to exercise his power as leader and what does he does what does he do to to yield his power as a biblical leader. So stay with us after the break. Has Inverse been a blessing to you? Do you have questions, comments, or feedback you'd like to leave us? Find us on social media by searching Inverse Bible on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube. While there, join us, like us, heart us, thumbs up us. Our handle again is Inverse Bible, no spaces. Now, back to the discussion. Hey, welcome back, friends. We are in Nehemiah chapter 5, and I'm just getting very excited for this chapter. We are in the theological center of, of Nehemiah, and you're asking how. Uh, we're going to get into that. We're getting into that. So, so we'll go to Siku. Siku, what's going on in some, some parts that you want to talk about <laughs> of chapter 5? <laughs> well, we were talking about during the break here. <laughs> no, before we went to break, yes. I, I wanted to comment on, on what Callie was okay. saying, was that um, you, you have these socioeconomic disparities that they're experiencing mm-hmm. that when we look at chapter 3 we one of the comments was that you have the the rulers and you know the apothecary working side by side you have mm-hmm. people in completely socioeconomically disparate um, positions in society working hand in hand mm-hmm. next to each other with the wall mm-hmm. but chapter 5 brings out that while they're working together with the wall there are, there are these back issues that are going on. Mm. And so the work actually, yes, you're building the wall, but if you don't deal with these issues, like it will ultimately it will actually hinder yes. your ability to complete the project because yes. stuff will end up coming up. So chapter 5 in, in this bringing this necessity of building the people and dealing with these issues, it's important to deal with these issues. Otherwise, it ultimately hinders the work. Mm-hmm. And I think speaking about our contemporary you know, situation, there are issues in the church which, yes, it's important to preach the gospel mm-hmm. and we must yeah. focus on evangelism and there are souls that are dying. And this is all true and this needs to be our primary focus. 
But, but if we neglect the fact that there are socioeconomic disparities amongst us, that can end up becoming issues in our ability to work together on the wall side by side mm -hmm. to complete the task. We need to deal with that stuff, and mm -hmm. a godly leader realizes that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The, uh, the, these issues are annoying, <laughs> sticky, yeah. dirty, mm -hmm. uh, and, and in some way very important, but in another way kind of low. Right? I mean, and I'm getting to my point is, Nehemiah at any point could have gone like, look, I don't need to deal with this. This is just too much stress for me. Yeah. I have a PhD in, in cup royal cup bearing. <laughs> uh, I'm just going to go back to where everything's nice and hunky-dory. Mm -hmm. Which uh, brings back to, to who, Callie? I don't want to tell you. To Jesus. We don't want to be glib in this, but it, no, it, it's Jesus. so powerful in that. Yeah, I no. think about, you know, yeah, he's like, okay, I signed up to, like, save people. But, like, I didn't save up to, like, deal with Peter all the time. Peter was <laughs> not in the prophecies. <laughs> Peter was too much. Yes. <laughs> That's how I feel. Yeah. Or, like, you know, that, that, one, that one time when I healed that guy and he never said thank you. Like, I, that was not in the prophecies. I didn't have to do that. Like, that was not okay. And Jesus with a full perfect right because yes. Nehemiah like you know Nehemiah does have you know his duty to God so he does kind of need to stay but like Jesus has a perfect right to be yes. like forget all this yeah. forget all y'all we're going to start over because I can't because I'm God it's a human <laughs> inclination to react that way forget yeah. this yeah. this is too not I don't I don't need to deal with this and yeah. here Nehemiah doesn't and this is I think where biblical leadership really gets yes. gets 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 powerful mm -hmm. he exercises the power that's rightfully rightfully his to 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 implement Mm -hmm. How does he do that? He goes in verse 12. He says, the, we will, oh, no, they, they respond. I'm sorry, verse 13, oh, verse 12. I call the priests. Okay. And now the question is, why does he call the priests, right? Mm. And then he requires an oath from them that they would do according to this promise. So see, these are the guys who have done the wrong. Verse 13. Then I shook out the fold of my garment and said, so may God shake out each man from his house. And he goes, he goes kind of dramatic here, mm -hmm. like literally drama, dramatic, dr dramatic, dramatic. dramatic. And, then, and then at the Says the assembly all said amen. They praise the Lord, and the people did according to his promise. In one word, what is he implementing here? At what how is he using his power for righteousness' sake? I, well, even before sorry, before that, okay, verse seven. Can we go back to verse seven? Climactic, yes. Sorry. And then in verse seven, going back. So after a serious thought, I rebuked the nobles and rulers. Yes. So that that too. Just just want to add that as well, because sometimes priests are like oh, just religious people, but like no, there's people in charge. Yes. He took them. He class. took them to task. Yes. 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 And so he provided a place of accountability. Bingo. Oh, man, love that okay. word. Accountability. <laughs> he brings in the priests who are the spiritual leaders. They're in front of all these other people. Then he brings a promise, right? the, 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 the guy's guilty and mm -hmm. it says, hey, promise before the priests. Mm -hmm. And if you don't, then he does his little dance thing in front of them. That's what's going to happen to you. And then the whole assembly is like, amen. Mm -hmm. He has within his right to, to, in his power to do that, and he creates a system of accountability. Question, why do we hate about accountability so much? Why, why, why? Then there's consequences and like shame and stuff. So is, 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 is that what's, go, is that what's going, is that what is going on here? Is Nehemiah creating an atmosphere of shame and, and no. fear-based? No, he's, he's raising, he's raising up the standards that have been broken down. Mm. We don't have just the wall that's broken down. Mm -hmm. There's spiritual standards that have been broken down. I mean, there's reasons why they are where they are, mm -hmm. but um, instead of, looking at shame he's looking okay a way forward this is the way that god has given us mm -hmm. he's go pointing back to moses and he's like let's let's get this back on track again mm -hmm. again he's he was he thought he's going to do this physical restoration but god is using him now to, into leading him and then as we see later on with ezra 
Uh, there's going to be a lot of spiritual reformation going on mm-hmm. as well. So I think it's it's beautiful how God God leads uh, the whole people and Nehemiah in that direction. So it's a here. spiritual and accountability right. mm-hmm. that's and being implemented. Secret and accountability. Additionally, like in verse in verse twelve, mm-hmm. even before he does the shaking thing and calling the priests, mm-hmm. they said, "We will restore yes. it, mm. and we will require nothing from them. We will do as you say." So they've already made a commitment. Yes. Now he's just creating a system for them to be able to follow through with that commitment. So he's not pushing this right. or forcing this it. This already what people are wanting to do but now he's creating an external system to facilitate what they're wanting to do i love that clarification Mm -hmm. yeah kelly a key part of accountability being more about accountability and less about just shame Mm. i think is timing Mm. and so he does you know he's setting up when something's going wrong it's not completely preemptive but it's also he's not waiting until it's so terrible that he's like all right guys I'm just going to, like, shame all of you for being so terrible. Like, they're still at a place that they're willing to change. Mm-hmm. They're still at a place mm-hmm. that they're willing to be receptive to his blastings. Mm-hmm. Because you don't see them being like, yeah, well, you. Okay. Well, I mean, they are, they are receptive. So I think sometimes we, in accountability in places of, like, huge leadership and small leadership, we wait until it's so bad mm-hmm. that maybe our anger gives us courage and mm. then it does become just shame. Yes, and it's true. not about actually helping them. It's about putting someone back in their place in a very demonic way. Is our way. courage anger-based or is it... Mm. Love-based. Love-based. Mm. I love that. Um, maybe just make this point when come to Jonathan. Sure. Here, I mean, he's, he's, he's doing, I call it a dance. I don't mean to be frivolous in that, but here he's taking the role of a prophet in a sense where the prophets would act out what would happen and, and out of love. And I, I'm, I'm connecting this yeah, to, you. to what you're saying, <laughs> that he's like, hey, may God will shake you out like I'm shaking out my garment here. And mm-hmm. that's a visual, uh, dramatic, yeah, sticking in your mind. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just love this. This is, this is what a godly leader should do, to exercise the power for righteousness sake mm-hmm. that's due within his rights. Yes, yeah. John. And he points it in verse, uh, you look at verse 9, it says, then I said, what are you doing? Uh, what are you? Sorry, what you are doing <laughs> is not good. Should you not walk in the fear of our God because of the reproach of the nations, our enemies? Mm-hmm. So he points us back to the fact, listen, we, you know, we are to represent God. Uh, we are to fear him, but to represent him to the nations. The nations look at us and they see us, how we treat each other. How are they supposed to get to know God? How are they supposed to yes. see that our God is a God of love? You yes. know, they, so he points us back. He's not just, let's be fair and social justice. He says, you know, this is about so God's character. God. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. yes, yes. Right. Okay, let's move to verse 14 and go to verse, uh, all the way to 19. I'll read verse 14. Moreover, from the time that I was appointed to be their governor in the land of Judah, from the 20th year unto the 32nd year of King Artaxerxes, 12 years, neither I nor my brothers ate the governor's provisions. But the former governors who were before me laid burdens on the people and took them from them bread and wine, besides 40 shekels of silver. Yes, even their servants bore rule over the people, but I did not do so because of the fear of God. Indeed, I also continued the work on this wall, and we did not buy any land. All my servants were gathered there for the work. And at my table were 150 Jews and rulers besides those who came to us from the nations round us. Now, that which was prepared daily was one ox and six choice sheep. Also, fowl were prepared for me, and once every ten days, an abundance of all kinds of wine. Yet, in despite of this, I did not demand the governor's provisions, because the bondage was heavy on this people. Remember me, my God, for good according to all that I have done for this people. Mm. All right, so there is a counter, there is a kind of an opposite thing going on here from the first half of chapter 5. 
chapter 5, the second half of chapter 5. But what's going on here, Jonathan, in this, in verse 14 through the verse 15? Mm-hmm. Well, Nehemiah here um, it looks at the situation of how it used to be. He's describing how the people of Israel were, or the, the Jews here in Judah, uh, were always being kind of squeezed in, in mm-hmm. what they have to do. They had to provide the, the silver, they had to provide all these things, and he's saying, hey, listen, I'm I'm not going to do that. Mm-hmm. The, the burden is already so heavy on these people. Mm-hmm. Um, let's let's try to finish this together. Let's. Mm-hmm. He he's investing himself. He's giving from his own provision. We already saw that earlier in in, in previous chapters, and uh, he's making sure that there is no um, rulership over them where he is taking advantage. I mean, he he technically could ask for all these things. Yeah, these benefits were rightfully yeah. his in the title of the governor. Yes. He had every right. There's nothing illegal and, about this. And I don't think that... he withdraws. He surrenders. That's right. And I don't think that those benefits were all necessarily to enrich him. Mm. They were set up because he had to provide for a certain yes. household and for people. So he is he's making sacrifices. He's paying out of his own uh, account here to make sure that at least... the you know, the bases are covered, but it's not, he's not going to tax his people. He is, he's with them. He's on the yes. same level with them. When he, when he in, the, in the previous verses, when he asked the rulers, the nobles to stop, you know, demanding usury of the people, he's not asking of them anything more than he would do. Because mm. he's mm-hmm. actually doing more than he's asking of them. Mm-hmm. He's not saying sacrifice, you know, from your own pocket. He's just saying, just stop abusing (laughs) other people yeah Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and then you you have in contrast he is actually giving sacrificially of his what what is his due in order to help the people yes and that's i mean that's a picture of leadership that we don't see in a lot of places contempt you know in our contemporary society he he uses the power that's rightfully his Mm -hmm. for the people but he doesn't use the power that's rightfully his for his his own own sake these i think there's a contrast of these two narratives going on Kelly. I would say as, as Nehemiah, he could be like doubly tempted to do this. Mm-hmm. One, because he's governor. Mm-hmm. And two, because he's a great governor. Mm-hmm. So it's not just by that, but it's like, man, I've sacrificed so much for this people. I kind of deserve just the provisions. Mm-hmm. So like, even if I take half of them, and I think we do the same thing, even our spiritual lives. Like, well, I mean, I serve God so well. <laughs> I think it's okay. God would that understand. I, God understands. If I eat this box of donuts, I deserve it. You know. You want to talk about it? <laughs> but we, we do, like, we make so many sacrifices, but then we think we earn something by our sacrifices. Sure. And Nehemiah gives it to God. Remember me, my God. It's deep. For this. Like, and deep. that's where I leave it. And I'm going to keep... I'm going to keep doing what I need to do, mm-hmm. but I leave it in you to figure which out. Which in reality, it's a picture of Jesus, yes. you know, like what yeah. Jesus has done and what Jesus does for us yes. is you look at his whole ministry and I was having a conversation with someone and they were, they were kind of perplexed about something that Jesus said and did. And it's like, why wouldn't Jesus defend himself? You know, like, so that means that Jesus was not God. And it's like, no, you know what? Right. Throughout Christ's ministry, his mission was never to defend himself. Like yeah. he had, that wasn't why he came. He came for the benefit of others. Yeah, we see here, this is a clear picture of the character of Jesus. If you go here in chapter 5, verse 15, at the end it says, because of the fear of God, and in verse 18, because of the bondage of the people. These are his dual motivations to serve the people, fearing God and loving the people. This is a clear picture of Jesus as the ultimate biblical leader in the center of Nehemiah. Hopefully you've been blessed with the character of Jesus shining through in the book of Nehemiah. It's been a blessing to me, hopefully to all of you guys, hopefully you guys out there. Thanks so much for joining us on Inverse. We'll see you here next week. You've been listening to Inverse. 
a Bible-based conversation with Callie Williams, Israel Ramos, Jonathan Walter, Sebastian Braxton, Siku Dako, and your host, Justin Kim. Inverse is brought to you by The Hope Channel, television that changes lives. For this and more inspiring episodes, visit inverse.hopetv.org. Find us on social media, hashtag Inverse Bible. Until next time, this is Inverse.